The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey, as always, with my good friend, Sandra Bernstein. How are you, Sandra? Hey, good, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing good. We've got an entire team from the Kendall Jackson Estates. We've got uh, chefs and gardener here today. You want to do some introductions for I us? I do. It's so yeah. exciting. We had to, like, rearrange all our room. We've changed locations. Now we're... Um, in a new spot recording. Which, which you fun. might hear a little background noise. It might be people coming in and out, but we are literally in the new Fig Corporation headquarters. Yeah, new warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm really excited to have the folks from Kendall Jackson. We've got uh, Justin Wrangler and Tracy Shepos. Yeah, I was going to ask her if she right? would pronounce her name yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah I'm going to hear it from her. Okay, Shepos Chinami. Okay, we've got Tracy here (laughs) and Tucker Taylor, who is uh, the farmer, gardener extraordinaire, and um, we're just so happy to have you here. Um, Thanks. How are you guys? Doing great. Happy to be here. Yeah, really excited to be here. Thank you. Well, and you guys just came out with this incredible new cookbook, which, or I don't know, when was it actually released? Uh, Last October. Wow, time is flying. Yeah. Seriously. But uh, Sandra showed it to me, I think, a couple months ago, and then and then Justin, truth be told, has a um, a daughter on the swim team that my daughter is on as well. Go Neptunes! If anyone watched, <laughs> if anyone watched the Summer Olympics last time, you know we are definitely serious about swimming in Santa Rosa. And um, yeah, Maya Dorado is a famous um, swimmer from the Neptunes, so our kids are pretty badass. Wow, yeah. that's a detail <laughs> that I didn't know before. Oh yeah. They, and I know in the beginning, Brian was like, I, I think the guy, I think the chef from, K, I think it's from KJ. Um, he sometimes cooks. Well, I, my wife runs hospitality um, a lot of times. And so she is thrilled to have <laughs> a chef, a great chef um, that is willing to do some things for us when we have swim meets. So, yeah, we really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's it's a pleasure. And uh, actually, last time I cooked for the swim meet, I made something out of the book. I made some uh, bean soup. So it was a nice, cold, rainy day, and we had bean and ham hock soup. Oh my God! Yeah, Did those, Maria like that? Of course. Yeah. Those cold, rainy days are not a lot of fun. Um, you're spending the entire day, if not two days. Um, and for for the kids, it's good. They get to get in the pool, but we're just standing outside freezing. Which is we it do. an outdoor pool? Um, it depends where the meets are, but oh. um, especially for practice. I mean, a lot of the parents are, we're the ones freezing. The kids are in the pool having a great time, <laughs> and we're either stuck in the car or we're in the bleachers getting wet and um, cold. But um, I'm sure your daughter is like mine. She just loves being in the water. I can't get her out of the water, and so she's willing to go five days a week. We actually have to pull her back a little bit and tell her, you know, you need to you need to relax. <laughs> I think somebody needs to open a tasting room, like a little wine tasting room. Oh, oh smart. Oh, this is the best Can't you bring idea. your own wine? Well, you know what I do is I drop Abby off, get her situated. As soon as the, she hits the water, I take off and go to Bottle Barn. <laughs> <laughs> and I spend uh, about half an hour, and I know exactly when I have to leave, and I go with a specific amount of cash, because for me that's like the biggest toy store on the planet. Um, and then come back just in time to get her out of the water and dry her off. So, Perfect. Yeah. So, Justin, you have been with Kendall Jackson the longest. How many years are you there now? This will be 16. Wow. Wow. OMG. 
energy. Well, why would you ever leave? Have you seen their kitchen? No. I mean, no, because I, the last time I was there, I don't think the kitchen had been built yet. Uh, So you haven't come to see us in six years? It's possible. It's possible. that hurts. I'm sorry. I don't get out of I don't get out of the valley too much, truly, unless I'm on a plane going somewhere across. But I will I will now that I've been guilted. I will. And now that you see these veggies that Tucker brought oh. you today, you got to come back and walk around the garden this spring. Seriously, yeah, well, that's changed in the garden as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The um, I drool every time I see one of those farm dinner pictures on Instagram. I mean, they look as perfect. Are they as perfect as they look? Yes. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's really the pictures don't even do them justice. Yeah, They're I need so, to do that. So pretty, and it's just a it's a it's a magical evening of just food and wine, and you know you're surrounded by all the food that you're eating, and there's music, and did I say wine? Is, <laughs> is this something for wine club members, or is this an invite? It's open only? to the public, and we do it the second Saturday of each month. Oh, from May that's to good October. to know. I think we're doing two in October yeah, this we're, year. Yeah, we've got the first and second Saturday in October. Okay. But the Duck Man always comes out for one, and uh-huh. he was just on earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Duck Man, he's always Jim. our favorite. Last year we had uh, Duck Man and the Peaches. Uh, dry oh, Creek dry Peaches. Peach. That was, oh, that was and beautiful. He, he dry ages the duck for us. And we yeah. roast it in the pizza oven. It it's it's so it is so amazing in the trellis and how many people sit at that table? Oh wow, about one fifty. Oh my god! And how many people are in the kitchen cooking? Probably eight Three? to twelve, depending <laughs> on the menu. You know, we we actually set up an outdoor kitchen mm-hmm. and we cook a lot of it on live fire. And we always have, uh, you know, a purveyor and a cheesemaker, and they sit at the table with you along with Tucker and the winemaker. Oh, so, so it's a fun. lot of fun, very communal, and everybody ends up being friends. And uh, we do some amazing. But we need to do Buttercup, that. So. Well, you did that for your anniversary. How how many people sat at your table? We had six hundred. Right. But um, but <laughs> did you guys see that? For her yeah, anniversary, she did that. Crazy. Oh my God! But yeah. this is different. Yes, I want to sit exactly. I don't want to float, and yeah, I want to enjoy that. Just be a part yeah, of it. Exactly. I'm gonna do this. Just tell us which month. Yeah, I will. So it's second Saturday of every month from May until October. Correct. And yeah. people can just go online to KJ. And you can go to kj.com and um, and just go to the farm to table um, section area, and uh, yeah, you can just click on there and buy your tickets oh so exciting it's a lot of fun we have live music and tuckers there answering questions and walking people around the farm and it's a really magical evening uh the sun sets in the background mm. and then uh, we go inside and buttercup makes all kinds of chocolate truffles and oh. wonderful desserts can we it's talk about yeah, buttercup t- yeah who's buttercup who is buttercup <laughs> Are you Buttercup? I am not Buttercup. No, no. I have other nicknames. Uh, Buttercup. You can't say that. Yeah. Not, 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 no, appropriate, you can't, you not appropriate for this you family show. You can on show. our show. You can. Um, so uh, Buttercup is our pastry chef, Robert Nieto. And he's been working at uh, Kendall Jackson about as long as I have. I think we're both on year 11. Wow. And um, he is talented doesn't even begin to explain or express what this man can do with pastry. He really is. He, he made the cannelade that we brought for you here, another recipe in the book, very classic uh, French pastry, but he just makes really, really delicious desserts um, as well as beautiful chocolates and um, gelées and, and you name it, he can do it. So, 
So there's been definitely transition because the tasting room's been there and that grows, but then you also had the restaurant in town that was there for a while. And now the food is all back at the winery. Yeah, so we, uh, we moved Sudbury up to where Partech was in Healdsburg. So Sudbury's still up there. Um, Adam Very Lee cool. Adam Lee wines over there. It's super fun. They also have some seismic beer on tap over there, which is pretty cool, and some small bites. Wait, what? Seismic beer? Seismic, yeah. They, they're opening know. a place in the bar there. They just got oh, sunk geez. a while back. So, um, But uh, really great beer, and they're, I think, one of the most uh, water-efficient breweries in the country. Interesting. Right? Oh, wow. So they're, they're doing some, some cool ones. I like the Shattercone IPA a lot. Um, but that's uh, Chris Jackson's uh, company. So, uh, and cool. you, so you still own that space, and is it your food? We still have a lease a on that space, and okay. right now we're just doing some cheese and charcuterie okay. up there currently. And Sudori is part of the KJ family Sidori, now. Yeah, is part good of the for Jackson him. Family. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so he's actually, I believe, he's in charge of most of the Pinot Noir making now. Okay, not, well, for the whole, Sidori, for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good yeah, move. Really, really cool, dude make some really fun wines and has some great relationships with some yeah. uh, long-term vineyard contracts, especially in uh, Santa Barbara area, Santa Maria down there. So. Yeah, he was an early Rhone. Um, he did Rhone years and years ago. I don't know that he does a whole lot of Rhone anymore, but M- he mostly did. Mostly Pinot-focused yeah. these days. So. Yeah. But we are drinking Rhone right now. We are? Yeah. Did you notice this I is didn't. a, this oh is a GSM goodness. from Kendall Jackson? We don't Jackson. make much of this one. I, we don't see too much of this one. Aww. They were giving me grief when I grabbed it out of the tasting room. Oh, today. they did? Oh, you brought Aww. it to the right place. And they let it yeah. slide. So. I always get embarrassed if I bring a Chardonnay around Sandra. Mm-hmm. You, always have to, you feel like mm. you have to apologize. So this is great. Yeah, we've got a nice GSM, the Grand Reserve uh, 2016. Oh, delish. Yeah, yeah. So this oh Santa my God. fruit down there. That is gorgeous. Yeah, probably a little more fruit forward than mm-hmm. what y'all are It used is to, really. Yeah, it's, it's drinking nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like it with lamb, this yeah. one. I was yeah. just going to say, this is a really great food wine. Um, just really super, you know, super friendly and, and great on the palate. And we, you know, we can serve this with a lot of different things. We've served this with lamb. We've served this with duck. Um, so it's really versatile. Yeah. yeah. Robert even sometimes makes some chocolate to go with this. Which oh, is kind nice. Of yeah, so can, that's not always a great easy pairing. Can we back up and get a little history of um, each of the chefs and uh, farmer? Yeah, and I think see... I think we should a little bio action. Yeah, so can we start with Tucker? Tucker, sure. what, where, he, where did you grow up? So and, and I know that's him, why I thought you know. I'd, I'd pull him in. So <laughs> good so, job, Brian. Yeah, I mean, where did you grow up, and and how did you get into farming and or gardening? Well, I grew up in outside of Jacksonville, Florida which is Northeast Florida. Um, I was on three acres with my family and my father always had a summer garden. So I have fond memories of helping him in the garden. Um, but when it came time to go to university, I ended up at the University of Florida and I earned a degree in business administration because <laughs> um, that's what a lot of my friends were doing and really had no idea what I wanted to do. So I, when I graduated, I got a job at a bank just to start building my resume, and I quickly learned what yeah. I didn't want to do. Sounds yeah. so boring. Um, so through that, I ended up going back to UF and earned another degree in environmental horticulture, mm-hmm. which was the best decision I've ever made. Um, ended up moving 
to outside of Portland, Oregon and designing and managing my first organic farm. And uh, Wait, how did that come about? How do you go from Florida to, to Oregon? Well, so I wanted to learn more about organic agriculture and one of my professors um, was talking fondly about how beautiful the Willamette Valley is and mm -hmm. the diversity with respect to agriculture. And so I was trying to get a job long distance and one day he asked me how it was going and I said, you know, I'm really having difficulty. And he said, Tucker, you're never gonna find a job in Oregon while you're sitting here in Florida. <laughs> you just need to pack up and move. And at first I thought he was crazy and then the more I thought about it, the more I realized how sane that was. So that's what I did. I just packed up and moved across the country. Wait, and you no, didn't know anybody. Yeah, no connections. No yeah. connections, and it all worked out. And I think that that's um, one of the hardest parts of life is letting go. But when you follow your instincts and your passion, um, in general, things tend to work out that way. Um, but another opportunity presented itself outside of Atlanta in a Athens, Georgia. Wow. Uh, so I designed my second organic farm, and I was there for six years, and that farm uh, became one of the best purveyors of specialty organic produce in Atlanta. And are these farms that you're designing pretty much supplying produce to restaurants and farmer's markets? I mean, similar? Are they specific? Yeah, so to... the one in Oregon was geared more towards natural food stores and farmer's markets, so we were working with a few chefs, but not many. Um, but it wasn't until I started farming uh, for chefs in Atlanta that I really fine-tuned collaborating with chefs, um, that chefs and farmer's markets were our primary oh, uh, very markets. Fun. And then through that uh, network of chefs, I found out that Thomas Keller was looking for a grower at the French Laundry. And Who so, is that? Uh, he's <laughs> just <a> chef <laughs> at the French Laundry in Yonville. Uh -huh. And um, at this at this point, you're you're in Athens still. Yes. Okay. Is that is that a college town? Yes. Isn't that where REM is? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Michael Stipe used to come to our farm to table dinners. Oh, oh nice. wow. Um, and so I moved to California in 2007 to redesign the garden at the French Laundry, and I was. Uh, with the Thomas Keller Restaurant Group for just over five years. And I had begun consulting on the side, and that really took off. And uh, one of my friends took me over to Kendall Jackson one day, and uh, <laughs> I had always heard Is about... Is that you? <laughs> uh, I had always heard about this amazing garden at Kendall Jackson. Um, one of my mentors, Jeff Dawson, designed the original garden over did 20 he, years ago. He did copia? He did copia yeah. as well. Um, and uh, so I met Justin and we walked out into the garden and I saw a new design of the garden in my mind's eye. It, oh and, my goodness. Um, the three month conversation kept getting better and better. And uh, I was originally gonna consult with the project, but um, they asked me to write my dream job description, and I said I could do that. So I've. Uh, and you did. I did. And the Jackson family have been amazingly supportive. Um, and I've been 
with them for five and a half years now. Wow. And how does that work with you and the chefs? Do I mean, I'm sure it's, it's a collaboration um, for the most part, but do you sometimes just plant things and say, you know what, I got this really cool thing that I've kind of planted, or do they come to you and say, hey, would you, we've heard about this kind of chicory that's, you know, growing in certain part of the state. Do you think you could grow some of that for us? Or Well, it's a collaboration, so I bring ideas to the garden, but, um, you know, we're all always traveling, so Justin and Tracy are bringing back new varieties from their travels and uh, you know when I was at the French Laundry the whole entire restaurant closed twice a year so everyone would travel at the same time and then when we would uh, get back together you know ideas would just be coming from all over the world. I got tagged and I, I think I'm still somewhat tagged because I brought back seeds from Italy and they checked my bag and I lost about 65 euros worth of seeds. I was so pissed off. Um, But yeah, no, I need a better way. We got a truffle through in rice in a jar of rice, but (laughs) I mean, it's so crazy. I mean, those are some of the funnest. I love looking at seed packets in in other countries. It's awesome. Well, so this was about eight years ago or so I was, in the garden at the French Laundry and Thomas Keller texted a photograph of this leaf. Um, and it's a beautiful uh, blue-green leaf. It originates in the moors of Scotland. It's called mm. oyster leaf. Mm. And so I immediately got on my phone and found out the botanical name and found a seed source in France. And so, you know, being... Oh my uh, God, did you taste it? Watch I cannot believe that. Close your eyes when you chew it, too. It's my favorite part, because when you close your eyes, it's so... It's oyster. Exactly. I am blown so away. Oh, my God. It tastes like an oyster. Oh, my God. to a place. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm, like, in Normandy. And it kind of looks like a cross between, like, lamb's ear and purslane or something. Oh, my we'll, God. I'll post a picture on Instagram so you guys can see um, Did you get what that looks picture? Like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, this comes from a seed company, and so I get it legally in the mail. Okay. Um, <laughs> but when we first started growing it for chefs uh, in San Francisco uh, at Jackson Family Gardens, we were selling it for a dollar a leaf. So we were making about $1,000 a week on this leaf alone. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What, what, so what do you do with it? Yeah. I mean, it. I mean, I think for me, it's the most fun just to taste it like you just did. And my mm-hmm. favorite is when we have international guests that don't speak English and you take them to the garden and you watch their face when they try it for the first time. It's really cool. But in, in the restaurant or catering setting, we'll do it for a little amuse bite in the beginning and we'll make like a mignonette and we'll set it up. With oh gel my goodness. And, you know, something like that. Or, or we had it at one of Tucker's friend's restaurant, Otium in LA, and uh, they took... Um, oyster liquor you know from the shell and mm-hmm. whipped it into a foam and put it on top with caviar uh, and that was really really cool but uh, you know it's a lot of fun i mean i've i've never taken enough leaves i, I want to try juicing it or like making uh-huh. like a, a soup out of it you know like a, a vegan oyster chowder it's going to be like an that. expensive so, soup mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but <laughs> luckily i got a guy so. but right now i mean you can plan it and it's not cost prohibitive because you have your seeds and is it something that um gives you seeds for the next year you need to 
keep getting new seeds? Uh, it's you, every year is different. So some years I'm pretty successful at either getting it to reseed in the same place or at least collecting seeds and using those seeds. Uh, but I always have enough on hand uh, just in case that doesn't uh -huh. work out. That's, yeah. I mean, that's great. So are you selling produce to a lot of different chefs? So we're growing for just over um, a dozen chefs in San Francisco as well. So you're basically, that probably covers your salary pretty much. We're getting there. And some. We're getting there. <laughs> but that's awesome. I mean, I thought everything was going to you, though I did, I think I did read something that someone can't remember who but one of the really hot restaurants in the city was using something um but that's awesome i mean to be able to do that and then collaborate don't you do you like not want other people to get this stuff no we're happy we love seeing i mean especially with social media now because it's like you actually see what happens to it you know yeah. we don't always get to go to these restaurants and enjoy it and taste mm -hmm. it but a lot of times, you know, Tucker will sell somebody something and then you'll see what they do with it. And it just makes it really exciting. And a lot of times we sell it to friends, too. And, we, you know, like, hey, what'd you guys make with this? And it's just, uh, it's fun to watch the progress and watch what people are doing. And the other thing is, you know, he works with all these cool chefs and they're they're asking him for stuff, too. So, you know, that, that you're doing custom. And again, with social media, it's, I mean, you see new produce all over the world. And it's like I see something on Instagram, I screenshot it and send it to Tucker and the great thing about Sonoma County is almost everything grows here we're very very fortunate mm -hmm. we are like pretty much everything I mean now you can have watercress unfortunately probably yeah. <laughs> how about some mangoes Tucker get us some mangoes get me some green oh juices. you want some mango <laughs> we want everything to be like Sonoma County seasonal oh you got mangoes and pineapples I know well what's that like in Florida because you you pretty much don't have a season except Right. Well, right. the season is opposite of what you would consider. So a lot of farmers in Florida, are, their season is in the wintertime mm. um, because it's not so hot. Right. Um, but what you're trying now is called ice lettuce, which is mm. also called Ficoi de Glacial. Mm -hmm. um, it originates in coastal Africa, and being a coastal plant, it uptakes wow. salts from the soil, so it has a nice briny flavor. It's not really a lettuce, it's a succulent, so it has a nice crunch to it. And if you look on the leaf surface, uh, it looks like it's covered in tiny mm -hmm. diamonds. This is one of the most beautiful plants to see in the garden at the um, wine center at Kendall Jackson because it when it, yeah, when the sun, you're walking through the garden and there's an entire row of this, it, it sparkles like you're in a, a fantasy movie. I mean, it really is, it's like mm -hmm. sparkly and those, those, that diamonds that he speaks about on the leaves are really shimmery and they they look like tiny droplets on on the yeah, leaves. Yeah, it really does. No, I actually like to mm. cook this one a little bit sometimes too. You do. It's it's really nice with tomatoes in the summertime because mm. it kind of adds that tang and a nice salty, and a like a really sweet also. tomato yeah, mm -hmm. crunch. Yeah. But it's also nice like sometimes we'll finish it in a little pasta just right at the last second oh. and it welts up a little bit or in like a spring vegetable medley with like peas and fava. It's just really green. And who are you cooking this food for? We cook for lots of different people. So we do wine and food pairings every day at uh, Kendall Jackson in Fulton, in Santa Rosa, basically. Um, and it's really fun because guests can actually walk around the garden and see the food and then come around and eat it. Lots of times meet Tucker, too. He's walking around and working out there. Mm -hmm. and 
it's fun because a chef comes to your table and explains the wanted food pairing and you get to try a lot of cool stuff and pretty much there's always something on the menu that most of our guests haven't seen so it's exciting and then we also do the catering for um, all the properties and okay. then we do a lot of catering for the, the owners the Banky Jackson family which is fun and then we travel around the world and uh, cook at different spots so um, usually uh, at least one week out of the month, one of our chefs or Tucker's on the road. So wow. we get uh, we get a lot of travel and we get to go meet people and mm-hmm. try new cuisines. And, and is it just to cook or is it like with the book? Or I mean, um, now you can add the yeah, book to we, just about we, everything. Yeah we, yeah, we bring the book with us everywhere <laughs> we go. <laughs> um, Take out five pounds yeah, of shoes. It's, it's fun, you know, it's, it's different. We do a lot of charity stuff, probably about 30% mm-hmm. of what we do. Is, you know, we get mm-hmm. auctioned off for charity. I'm going to Florida on Thursday to cook dinner at someone's home for oh, 12 okay. people. Wow. Which is, which Do you is have fun to stay to, at their house? Uh, I don't have to, but I want to. They have a pretty nice house. Oh. <laughs> so, well, so you've yeah. been there before. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. they're really nice folks. So, you know, sometimes we're in hotels, sometimes we're in restaurants, you know, Aspen Food and Wine, thing, events like that. So mm-hmm. every day is different and it's fun. And I think that's why I've been able to stay with Jackson family for 16 years. The variety. You know, I miss the restaurant life, like the part mm-hmm. of service, but you know, restaurant day to day kind of becomes the same. And yeah. here every day, you know, you're cooking on a different piece of equipment or you're in a different spot or you're in a vineyard. So it's, you never get bored. Do you get to take the private jet? Um, I'm not, unfortunately, this, uh, this trip. Occasionally we, we get to ride along. We, okay, we once in a while. So. I remember the the first time that I had heard of Jess Jackson was I was working for the Benziger family at the Imagery Estate Winery and mm-hmm. and got a phone call one day in the tasting room. I happened to be the one answering the phone and they said, hey, um, Jess Jackson was wanting to come by and look at Arrowwood Winery, which is right next door. We're wondering if we can land a helicopter in your parking lot. <clears throat> That's way above my pay grade. I'm going to have to <laughs> hand this over to someone else. But I think he just wanted to come take a look at the uh, winery he bought it from from Richard, from and then yeah. ended up um, acquiring um, Arrowwood as well. So that was the first time yeah. I heard of Jess Jackson. I thought that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah once in a while we get to work with arrowwood like i think if it's too far for you guys or um we have kept a couple of those relationships which is nice it's nice for us too and that's that's a fun spot to cook at they have some yeah. great, great juice over there and the people are always super cool and it's a beautiful beautiful property yes yeah, so we, we like when we get to cook over there but we're yeah. always happy when you cook for us <laughs> over there too. well they can call us anytime <laughs> so justin where you're from north carolina correct are you where are you born and raised in Asheville? i grew up in Asheville, yeah and then i moved to california around 2000 to work at the culinary institute of america and i uh, just kind of got stuck here so it's a, it's a good place to be stuck <laughs> yeah seriously so you still got a lot of family back in north carolina yeah my family's back there so that's that's yeah. you know that's the part i miss and you know Asheville, since i left has come a long way it's a big beer yeah. town now uh sierra nevada went there and uh Matt tire and a couple other big breweries and it's kind of like it's kind of like a big hillsburg for beer like you know you walk around you walk around hillsburg and it's winery winery right Asheville's like all breweries and a lot of good food there. So it's a cool food and music scene these days. So mm. it's definitely a different town than I grew up in. Uh huh. Do you see yourself heading back at any point? I don't know. It's uh, you know when I'm looking at this table full of vegetables that Tucker it, grows, it's it's hard to it, go anywhere. Yeah. So. I mean to have this every day. You know, Sonoma County is just a great lifestyle. If you if you like to cook and you like to enjoy wine, then this is one of the best places in the world to live. So. 
Yeah, that's how I get, that's how I got here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I didn't have to work very hard. No, you you grew up in Petaluma. <laughs> I'm never leaving. Yeah. And then, so Tucker, how many people? How many farmers do you have under you with you? So there's myself and David Gonzalez, who's been farming this land for over 20 years now. Uh, so he's an amazing wealth of experience and knowledge. Uh, and then our team is comprised of three other people. Wow. And That's so we're a lot. on approximately four acres at uh, the KJ estate. Uh, and then we have uh, access to another eight acres in Geyserville and then an another eight acres on the family's estate. That's wow. awesome. Wow. Yeah. So 20 acres. Yeah. Yeah. And you get, so it, do you two get first pick of everything if you, I mean, let's say they only grow a certain amount of something. It depends. I mean, we, you know, when we have super high end stuff, we, we definitely pick the nice stuff. But for day to day, um, Tucker usually sells the number ones or the A's to San Francisco because it's, mm -hmm. you know, two and three Michelin star restaurants. And for us, um, lots of times we're not doing food that's quite that small. Uh, or precious so, mm -hmm. so you know when we have fancy dinners we he definitely hooks us up with some cool stuff but we use a little bit larger vegetables than oh. a lot of times you know his right. radish will be the I size mean, of a oh. dime right and, you know it's perfect beautiful produce for for like a you know 12 course tasting menu so right yeah i have to say though the when you say we get the bees and everyone else gets the a's in this case the bees that we get are better than <laughs> any any produce i've ever used or seen anywhere else so you wouldn't know that they are you know it they're they're gorgeous and perfect and beautiful so um they're they're still really a plus right tracy since we got you up on the microphone will you give us a little background on your culinary history and where you were raised um Technically, I'm an East Coast girl, but grew up mostly in Southern California. So I often say I'm a, I'm a West Coast girl with East Coast spirit. All mm. my family is mostly still on the East, East Coast. East Coast, New York? Uh, Brooklyn, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm. So, um, and spent lots of time there with family. So, uh, but I started off in San Francisco, went to school there, and then went and worked in New York. I was very lucky to work um, with Chef Michael Romano at Union Square Cafe, Danny mm. Meyer Restaurant. Mm. Um, and then realized I wanted to be back on the West Coast um, and did a little bit of time in San Francisco before moving up to wine country, which I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to do at first. I was young and I was living in San Francisco and so I was very drawn to the city and what the city had to offer and I had to be coerced a bit to um, come up to Sonoma County, which for me at that point felt like a bit of a sleeper town. And I'm so, so glad I moved. I'm so glad that's been, well, 20 years ago. And um, I, I am, it was probably the best decision I've ever made moving up here. And it, cause it's just so wonderful. And so, you know, what's, what's at your disposal as a chef here is like nowhere else. Yeah. And I just didn't realize that without living here. And so um, once I got here, I very quickly, you know, realized and it was through I, I came to work um at a little restaurant called willie's wine bar with chef mark mm. stark and terry stark um so i helped open up that restaurant and then i worked wow. with them yeah i was the opening knew, sous yeah. chef um and then ended up working with them for almost 10 years 
um, opening up all their restaurants and I started their catering. So I worked with them, they're like family still. Um, and that was just a really great experience being able to open up those restaurants, be a part of the Sonoma County restaurant scene pretty much in the beginning. I mean, I when I first moved up here, in the town of Santa Rosa, there was what there was Syrah where Justin right. worked. Um, That's you know, right. There was, there was That's where we met. There was Zinn in Healdsburg. I was trying to remember. Mm. You know, Dry Creek Kitchen in Healdsburg mm -hmm. had just opened. I mean, I'm really, I can't, and there was other restaurants that are no longer around, but there was a really, really small pool of restaurants to go dine at. I mean, now it's yeah, it's amazing and tremendous, but to be a part of that in the beginning um, was has been a really cool experience. So yeah. It's been a fun journey. Really. What was your hesitation about coming up, or did you think it was just kind of sleepy and old people when you were going out? Yeah, after I mean, work I was and... 23, 24, and oh, so yeah. I just really, you know, I was used to San Francisco, where as a as a cook or a chef, it didn't matter what days off you had. It didn't because you any night of the week you could go see music, you could go to the bar, you could go have great food, and that was just. You know, I, that's what I thought life was about back then. Yeah. So I remember driving up to Sonoma County and driving up and down the street and actually opening up the window saying, where's the bar? <laughs> you know, my priorities were very different back then. Um, but I just, it didn't, it, it I just didn't know. I just yeah. didn't know. But like I said, I very quickly, within a, a month of opening up Willie's Wine Bar, even before opening up Willie's Wine Bar, just the, the community that um, we have in the hospitality industry in Sonoma County is crazy. Um, I never had experienced that anywhere else. Chefs brought us applications that they had at their restaurant that they weren't using to help us find line cooks opening Willie's Wine Bar. Wow. Who does that? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome yeah, people truly. that live in Sonoma County do that. Yeah. But I had never even... You know, I, when that was suggested to me, I was like, are you crazy? Like, nobody's going to do that. And they did. I don't think that happens anymore, though. It, it, well, yeah. <laughs> well, now, now we're all, now we're all, we're like, all dying for the same body. But, yeah. but to me, that was, you know, having those kinds of experiences where it was, you know, Josh Silvers from, from um, Syrah and Jackson's. I mean, he, when I called him, I said, you don't know me, but I'm helping to open up this restaurant and just thought by a fluke. And he could have faxed it to me. He could have given me a number over the phone. He said, no, hey, I want to come check it out. And he drove over. Drove over. Yeah, he wanted Je to yeah. see what his Jeff competition Mall was. Said, Maybe that was it, too. But he, he, he wanted to see the competition, but he came over. He introduced himself. Yeah. He, and it was like that was that was the beginning of, of relationships formed and, 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 you know, that kind of thing. When there, you know, there used to be a guy that would pull up in the back of the restaurant um, to sell salmon wild bill do you guys remember wild bill no we have ray oh and we still have ray yeah see wild yeah. bill doesn't doesn't do the salmon, but he used to bring salmon to you and i didn't even i didn't understand that this could actually happen right. he pulled up in his truck with coolers and the fish were so fresh they were like in rigor mortis like it was right. it was crazy yeah. and, and that's how we would buy our one, salmon you yeah. pick the one and he hangs it off a scale i mean coming from working in new york and san francisco that didn't happen right um, and then for me, if, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a cheese head, I'm a curd nerd. And so <laughs> being in this area for cheese is insane. There's no, I mean, did you catch that Sandra curd nerd? I, I am. I am. I the curd. That is one of my nicknames, <laughs> yeah. but that's one of, for yeah. me, that was, that was one of the biggest, um, parts that I reaped the reward of as a chef was being able to really delve into this part of my industry that I knew I loved, but I didn't really have an outlet for the same way. And so to be in this area and develop relationships with cheesemakers, um, you know, work on my own knowledge of cheese and then grow that into things throughout my career, I 
when I started working at Kendall Jackson, there was, they had a food and wine pairing, but no cheese and wine pairing. I was like, come on, you know, and we started one and now we do one at 12 different properties for, so just those kinds of things. I, you know, living in Sonoma County has afforded those kinds of opportunities for me. And they do, I'm sorry, they they do a really nice chocolate pairing, which I normally, I think people think of chocolate and red wine, but I think you actually do it that incorporates white wines as well mm-hmm. with the goat goat cheese or with yeah we we do several different ones and you know depending on what wines we have um we definitely do some sweet wines we have a, a red sweet wine and then we have a late harvest chardonnay a late harvest muscat um, but buttercup's really talented too and he really makes some cool truffles and we taste them with all kinds of different wines so he had a rosé and Wow. White chocolate and strawberry pairing that was spectacular last year. Nice. And then, you know, chocolate and wine for some people is weird. Some people love it. But I love it. He puts a lot of thought into the pairings, and um, he has a really good one for Cabernet right now that he uses fresh rosemary uh-huh. from the garden. And you get all that essential oil in there, and it gets a kind of green flavor, almost a little bit of bitterness. And then um, he's been using, kind of playing around with some new chocolates, but he's kind of, he was a Velrona guy. Um, but he's he's got you a couple new over? brands. Yeah, he, you know the cool thing is he has like six different chocolates that he uses, and he oh, does them for cool. different wines. And he's uh, constantly kind of pushing things. He was on the American baking or pastry, kind of like it's kind of like the Olympics for chocolate. Mm. And so he competed in France and did the truffles and plated desserts and the chocolate sculptures. And he did wow. sugar one year, and he was on the baking team one year. So he, he, he really is one of the best pastry chefs in the country, and he's just the nicest dude, and he's always really trying new things and tasting new things, which comes out with some really cool pairings for our guests. Is he in, like, can people see him work? Is he in, like, an open kitchen? Yeah, we have an open kitchen. you got to come I'm see coming, him. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I can't I believe just, I'm going to get you in my car today. What's the best so. day to come? Any, Any day. day. <laughs> Any day. Well, I want you guys to be there. <laughs> Most days. Most days. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he's there and he loves to come talk to people. He loves to do demos. He's a great teacher. So he does some teaching on the side as well. And he does a lot of charity stuff where he goes into the market and does dinners and chocolate classes nice. and sculptures. And he really likes doing the sculpture thing. And mm. he makes some beautiful, beautiful chocolate pieces. It, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing. Like It's, like, it's bizarre. Like, who, who is, who is like oh you know i should make some art with this chocolate but <laughs> it's uh, when you watch them do it it's it's really really cool he can you know we, we, we were doing the warriors games for a while and he did like a steph curry like a two-foot <laughs> chocolate steph curry that was just oh awesome my you know? God. He's, that's you know, awesome he makes these wine bottles and every holiday he does a different chocolate it's a lot of fun. That's fabulous. And you can often see them. We usually have them displayed. He does the sugar work and the chocolate sculptures. And we usually have them out for guests that are walking around the property at Kendall Jackson. So you can see not only what he's doing at the moment, but then these different sculptures. He makes flowers out of sugar that look so real. Wow. Yeah. And lately he's been playing around with Jeff's chocolate Volo, too. Which oh, is, which, which is, is really his cool. chocolate so. is... I am a huge fan. We actually just took our team. We do like a quarterly team meeting. We took the whole team out to see how chocolate was made. And Jeff was very kind to host us and show us the process. So that was really You guys really have cool. a special mold, don't you? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, we got it out of them on the podcast. <laughs> we tried very hard. 
But um, no, they, it, I, I definitely am a Reese's peanut butter cup person. Uh, and I think they put something addictive in there. I don't know what it is. I, but I know. It's totally. Soul. That's, that's my weakness. That and Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, yeah. Coconut totally. Ones, and it's like, and Easter year. comes and then those eggs come. Oh, it's terrible. This year they were Christmas trees. But anyway, <laughs> Jeff and Susan have definitely created a chocolate that I think is as fine as any chocolate I've tasted, truly. Yeah. It's not cloying. It's, it's not too bitter. It's, I don't know what they're doing. But. Well, I think the cool thing is, you know, he, he did it from a chef's perspective and he put salt in it. So I had some guests from Italy and they, they spoke a little bit of English yesterday. And I, I served them some coffee with just one little piece of Jeff's chocolate. And they were just so surprised by the fact that there was salt inside it, not just on top of it, but they right. really, really loved it. And you pick up a lot of the fruit flavor. You almost get this like blueberry finish. It was like a 73%. It, yeah, you know, just stunning. with a little sip of coffee. It was just beautiful. Yeah. So. We, we did a fig and hazelnut bar together, mm. which was cute. I, I, it's not exclusive, even though I pretend it's mine. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's actually chocolate in the kitchen right now oh i wasn't aware yeah. i want to take yeah. one of those on my way yeah excuse me i gotta go to the kitchen first right yeah exactly <laughs> um but no because you say valrona and literally every other year i'm at valrona in the rhone and stocking up and like like leaving with trying to fit talk about books in your suitcase trying to fit all the chocolate <laughs> gifts in my suitcase yeah, I got to take the tour when I was there. And it's Isn't really cool. it and, awesome? And they do a lot of with wine pairing, too. They have some cool white wine pairings that I totally didn't think Yeah, shocking. They, yeah, it was like they had milk chocolate paired with white wine. And it was actually, they, they had some really cool pairings. They're really wonderful people, and it's a great yeah. tour. So if you're, if you're ever there and you have the opportunity, I highly recommend that one. Okay. I'm going to take you up on that. Yeah. So... All of this together, I mean, you've got like major talent, you've got so much to do, and then all of a sudden, it's time to do a cookbook. Yeah. And I'm sure it's been like years of thinking about it. We didn't think we had enough on our plate, right? No. <laughs> and that's the way it happens. It's just like... Well, isn't it just like getting married? You, people always say, oh, you know, I don't think we're ready. I don't think anyone's ever ready. Right. Um, Unless that's all you do. Right. If you're like right. a cookbook. Wait, right. someone does that? Someone yeah, only writes people. There are people that are only people. focus on writing yes. a cookbook? <laughs> there are people that do that. Yeah. Well, where did all the inspiration come from? Where did all the recipes come from? Um, is it just out of your toolboxes you kind of collaborated together? Or are there some things that you... How did that all come about? I mean, we, we cook for a lot of folks. And folks are always asking for the recipes. And we were writing them. And... You know, we probably weren't testing them as good as we should have in the beginning. And we'd hand out recipes. And I, and I got an email from someone saying the recipe didn't work. And, you know, then we said, well, you know, if we're going to give out recipes, we should probably, you know, test them on a home stove and make sure they work before we ruined someone's uh, dinner. So we, you know, we were, we were already writing recipes and we were giving them out to our guests. And um, Wine club. our assistant, yeah, Janet, was uh, testing the ones that we'd put on the website and and we, we've, we figured, you know, we're already doing this. And you're and, probably yeah, halfway we, there. Yeah, we, we had a lot of stuff. And we decided, you know, we might as well just put it in a book. And then that way people can really, you know, get a feel for it, get the pictures. And, you know, Tucker was also in the garden producing these amazing produce. And 
He's also a pretty spectacular photographer, and if you're into Instagram, yes, you gotta check out Farmer T. Forty-five. So, so we thought thousand. we'd, you know, kind of put some pictures together and some food together, and kind of tell our story. And you know, people are always asking us questions about you know wine and food pairings, and so we thought we'd put a little of that information in there, and then we talked to a master sommelier, Michael Jordan, who helped us pick out some of the wine pairings. So, you know, it's it's good. It's it's kind of like a book from you know, several different people. We have the pastry side, we have, you know, recipes from myself and Tracy, and then we have farming tips from Tucker, and then wine pairing and basic wine information information from Michael Jordan. So it's kind of a cookbook, but a little bit more. So Oh, it's God, yes. it's It does sit on my coffee table. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't cooked out of it, but I do look at it. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, and how do you guys approach the, or how did Michael approach the, the wine and food pairing. For, I remember when I was at Imagery, I was doing the food and wine pairing program, and the goal was always to make the wine taste better, because we were at the end of the day we were there to sell wine. So we would have people try the wine first, and then we would provide a pairing that they would taste. And then the idea was when they went back to the wine, it was a completely different wine. It, it took on different dimensions, or it tasted more acidic, or it tasted sweeter. All these different things. But what you ultimately want to do is hopefully have a symbiosis you want to have the food tasting amazing and the wine tasting amazing as well so did you have a hand in some of the pairings or was that just michael and no it's definitely we, we get to work with michael he's actually works for jackson family wine so we work together uh, a pretty good bit and he knows a lot of the food we do and i mean for for us the main thing is you know, it's all about balance and just yeah. trying not to overpower the wine and you know it's not necessary always chasing down the flavors in the wine but just having balanced food that, that works well together you don't want your food to be too spicy or too salty or too sweet mm -hmm. uh, i think balanced food's the key and you know occasionally you get that perfect pairing where it's definitely you're you're playing off some of the nuances in the wine but we wanted it to be accessible for people and not to be over the top with the, the wine information so it's it's a, it's a book for for everyone you know right. and it's it's not overly complicated we're also really fortunate um that we have a really extensive portfolio of wines to choose from okay. um, yes. so so that being said uh, you know the pairings we had so many great wines to choose from as well so to be able to um you know have the liberty to look at this beautiful produce that you know seasonal produce that tucker is growing um you know create dishes around that and then you know, play off flavors of, of wines that, you know, we have so many, so, you know, such a vast variety. So um, it was kind of, the world was a bit of our oyster in this, yeah. in this, in this game, in this cookbook. So yeah, there's wines from around the world in the book too. So it's, um, mm -hmm. it's kind of fun. We, we weren't limited by much with this. this right. book. You have international yeah. properties. We do. We do. Yeah. Oh, very, that's very awesome. So. Yeah. yeah. What, how many wineries does Kendall Jackson we're Estates. We're at about 50. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're at about 50. Right around 50 five around the zero. world. Five zero around the world. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mostly here in Sonoma and Napa. Uh-huh. You know, up and down the coast. Yeah, up and down the, the coast. Yeah. And still, a lot of family actually involved, which I like when I started looking into the Jackson Estates that, I mean, it's, it's all family that's working It, it is all family. And, yeah. and, and not only are we family owned, we are family run and very um we're lucky from the from the culinary side that we get to we we do food for the family often and so we get to really um interact and have that relationship with them too um and they are you know 
I don't say this just because they sign my paycheck. They're really quite wonderful to work for and to work with, and they're very, very supportive of what we do. They really see the benefit of having, you know, Tucker and his beautiful garden and having a culinary team um, representing, you know, and cooking food to pair with the wines that the, you know, winemakers within the company are making so that's that's pretty awesome to to have that to have you know the actual owner we we see barbara Mankey yeah. pretty often so that's really great and the kids right now what's happening it's this evolution of a lot of the um her kids are really involved in the company too so you see and then some of her kids have 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 had kids and although they're younger right now you see this real generational thing going on and how they all really they all want to be involved and so, so, you know, cool. they're taking a tremendous amount of pride in being involved in this company that, you know, just Jackson started. Yeah. It's kind of a European model. I mean, you've got the entire family involved mm-hmm. in multi-generational. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about oils and flowers that you guys do? I'm talking about flower flower. No. Oh, not, oh, not grown seed. in the ground flowers. Oh. Like, yeah. Oh, I yeah. was like, Tucker, you got this, but okay. You guys do some unusual the grape things. Seed. Yeah. Flower. Yeah. yeah. So we, um, um, a few years ago, probably ten years ago now, uh, Peggy Firth and Barbara Banky were looking for ways to reduce our solid waste stream from winemaking. So there's, you know, there's a good amount of grapes that basically you have to do something with. You know, most people compost them, but they started doing some research and. Uh, all the way back to the 80s in Germany, people were using the grape skins and seeds um, to cook with flowers and oils and in Canada in the 90s. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of almost like a raisin, you know, after you make the wine. So they started researching and we uh, dry them out, grind them up and uh, make oils. And then we make flowers and we can bake with those. So Buttercup will make Chardonnay, Baguette. And, a little bit goes a long way. It's like we had five, Syrah, five we had Syrah Yeah, the flower. Syrah one was mm-hmm. great. That was beautiful. It's just like the wine. I mean, Syrah yeah. is a beautiful color. The flower, uh, really cool for baking and um, really get some cool colors into your breads. And, you know, I mean, bread's one of those things. You open the oven, bread smells amazing, right? Mm-hmm. But when you have the wine flower in it, it's not just mm. the smell of bread, but it's got this, like, tang to it. It's really, really cool. So, so is that still a component of the business? You no, know, we, still, we still use it internally. Um, the hard part about it, it's pretty expensive to produce and uh, to sell at the price point of flowers. So mm-hmm. we've moved more into the nutraceutical side of it. So we have some studies going on at uh, the Mayo Clinic about the health benefits. And oh, cool. So we're, we're kind of moving away from you know, the day-to-day Production. baking flour side of it and more the mm-hmm. nutraceutical because the price point per pound for flour is definitely mm-hmm. um, closer mm-hmm. to the, right. meeting the cost to produce. So. I will say this, though. If you ever have the chance to have fresh popped popcorn tossed in Chardonnay oil... I've heard this. It's crazy. It's like it's like butter, but it's not butter. Yeah. It wow. tastes just like buttered popcorn. Well, don't you... So you pop it in there, but also... you. Drizzle a little bit over the top, maybe. You do. You pop okay. it in the oil and then you toss it in the oil yeah. too. But it's you. You would be hard pressed to convince someone that they're not eating popcorn with butter. Yeah. Wow. Where can we get this? Uh, you gotta come yeah. see it. You have to come. Uh, yeah. You okay, have to come to wine trip. Okay. And Tracy, how is it that you have not made them make grappa out of these skins? <sighs> I don't know. This has got to be a, right. isn't this going I, back in your heritage? It, it like, is, but you know, don't, don't shame me for this, but I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of grappa personally, but, oh. um, 
Yeah, we've we've tried a lot. I mean, our winemaking team have tried a lot of things. We've tried a couple different things. We have walnut trees all over the property at Kendall Jackson. We've but tried no making no, no, no chino with it. So we definitely like to play around with things, but um, we're also busy cooking lots of food too. So um, so it's you know those are always the fun like when you have one free extra second to try and those you know try out those fun little extra projects, but. Yeah, Sandra and actually, I'm sorry, I, I have to tell him this. It's, it's, it's it was amazing good. one time when Sandra had a state, the Italian restaurant, we decided one day to do a grappa and food pairing, which I had never heard of, and I don't think I've seen anyone do it since. And Chris Jones, I think, was the yeah, chef at the time, yes. and um, did six courses. It was a rainy day, which I think was great because it was like the overcast rainy day, had a, a lot of people there, and doing things like smoked jackfish yeah. and yeah. some charcuterie and it was it amazing was, it actually turned right. out really well he did a good job yeah could have gone either way for <laughs> sure <laughs> well i people, think if you have enough grappa everything tastes as good they left. exactly yeah, yeah that tends to happen with things like grappa <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? you have enough of it you're pretty darn happy yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> maybe the tape maybe the pairings were horrible and we no, just thought they no, were good. they were really good at least the first two were after that i don't remember <laughs> so I am going to jump back to something for a second. And when Alan Campbell shot the photographs, did he use any photographer tricks or is it all food, straight food? Well, I mean, Alan, you know, Alan, he's an amazing dude. And he's worked for Kendall Jackson, is, you know, even longer than I've been there. He's He's been shooting bottle shots and um, photos for the family for is over he 20 years. like the family is he no. like the company he, he's, he's not he doesn't actually work no. for the company but he has worked for Jess and Barbara for over 20 years and I actually met him when I was at Syrah. Um funny story Josh still gives me a hard time about this but they did a photo shot photo shoot for some eggs and they uh, they had my hands in the picture and then they cropped it onto a woman's body in the magazine. <laughs> oh my God. So Josh still gives me a hard time for that. Uh, but Justin's a part-time hand model. <laughs> hands. Um, but so that's when Alan and I first started working together. And uh, when we when I came to Kendall Jackson, um, we did a lot of the, the shoots for internal stuff and mm -hmm. um, websites and whatnot. And then he still does our bottle shots as well. Um, but he was just kind of a natural fit and we work together really well and he's, he's got a great eye and he's fun to work with and so there weren't a lot of tricks we did have a, a couple mm -hmm. amazing food stylists oh that's great yeah. stylists too yeah. um because we wanted to you know we wanted some of the food to look fancy but we wanted right. you know a lot of times when chefs played up stuff it, it often gives the home cook the idea that they can't cook it and so right. sometimes having a food stylist to really make it feel mm -hmm doable right helps and so we wanted it to be feel kind of fancy but also doable Easy, at the same yeah. time so we we had some great wonderful food stylists mm -hmm. that we worked with kim kissling she was she was spectacular and she's from moran and the great thing you know all the people that we worked with on the book were local and mm -hmm. it, you know there's something to be said for being to meet with someone face to face especially when you're doing you know food stuff you know it's a, it's hard to uh -huh. For me, it would have been hard to picture doing it outside. You know, yeah. the, the people were all at the shoot. They were helping us. We had amazing prop stylists and cool stuff to work with. And it's uh, there were a few tricks here and there. They, yeah. There's some cool stuff. It's it's an art. You know, it's like anything yeah, else. It, it's you know, incredible. The people that specialize at it, it's it's fun to watch them work. And we definitely learned. We learned, learned a tricks. lot of things. 
from, that you from, can the, use, yeah. from the photo shoots. Yeah. yeah. Mainly don't throw anything out because you never know what you're going to need exactly. in food photography. It's amazing <laughs> what they can pull. And, uh, the, um, our, we had um, Lauren and Stephen Krause, Lauren from Beltane Ranch, um, her husband Stephen was the photographer and Lauren was the, um, the stylist pretty much. She said she thinks she gained like 10 pounds from, and it took us almost a year because we were seasonal and, you know, not everything we could shoot all at once. But, um, yeah, we made it so that we could eat everything after. Mm -hmm. It was a little cold sometimes, but, yeah. yeah, It's a beautiful book. There's so many dishes that I just want to eat. Yeah, it was fun. It's so when we went to do when I wanted to do the third book, which I had a total concept and I was ready to do. What was the concept, by the way? Um, Just conversations at table thirty-four, which is now thirty-five. Okay. And so it would be like conversations like this, actually, like whether pretty much like what we do on the podcast, actually, is Mm -hmm. like talking to people in food, like anything about food. But anyway, John's like, I'm done. I am not doing this again. I do not want to do any more recipes. I don't want to do any more. I don't have time for it. And so I ended, I do a newspaper now because I figure I can just repurpose things and do it again. And which is really fun, but like the creative process of writing a book and having some kind of a legacy that when you're like long forgotten or you know you're out of the farm and you're not farming it but you can go back and see these beautiful pictures of what you grew or what you cooked i think it's just so satisfying and um we won't be doing a third book but (laughs) be doing a newspaper every every uh every year at least yeah i mean people don't understand like when we were like oh yeah we should do a cookbook like we had no idea what we were getting into. It's a so tremendous hard. amount of work to, to really get the recipes dialed to where people can replicate them, like, and yes. have success at home. I mean, ours is, you know, we have some tricky stuff because you got to track some tucker vegetables down, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's the cool thing about this book is as the book ages, more stuff will start to show up in the farmer's markets. And, you know, maybe there's some vegetables that you don't see right now at your shelves and in the stores. And, you know, they seem, you know out there right now but you know maybe five years from now it's, yeah it's commonplace, well well so. the fact that and it's embarrassing that i don't even i didn't even know what this specimen on the table is what is it called again so this is puntarella puntarella so it's in a italian chicory and it's got these large shoots in the heart of it and you pull these shoots apart and shred them uh i like them with some anchovies and a good olive oil mm. and a little lemon a pinch of salt mm. and the, the texture on it's just crunchy I mean, it's kind of like i mean it looks a little bit like a brussels sprout almost in the middle or like these little cabbages mm-hmm. but this not one, the same family this one's a little short sometimes oh the they get taller get, okay you know, are these the long. fingers yes. these little th- mm-hmm. okay do you know this no i've never seen that before. i'm like blown away it's really cool yeah. I'll have to take it to lunch today. Okay. I, mean, I don't want to scare anybody <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> it does look, it almost looks like, so people out there that are listening to this, you know, in your yard, sometimes you get a patch of crabgrass. Like exactly. it almost looks like, like the little patch so of crabgrass. That you get. Oh, of course. But yeah. yeah, but it looks wild. Yeah. Yeah. 
And what are the pink, um, beautiful pink flowers? So these flowers are tiny fuchsia flowers. I love um, fuchsias, like the fuchsia, like the plant yes, fuchsia. Yes. And again, something so else I couldn't pick because my fingers are too in fat. The, <laughs> in the springtime, they have this really nice sweet nectar flavor. Oh um, my God. I just felt like I was a hummingbird. <laughs> wow. So because they're so tiny, we sell them by the quarter pint. By the quarter pint. How much is a quarter pint? $15. A quarter pint. So half of Half this. of that is 50 Okay, wow. Well, I get it because that takes a lot of time to pick those. Right. Yeah, if you had to pick it, you'd know why they cost 15 Exactly. <laughs> And exactly. I imagine there's some tweezer work going on in the kitchen with these. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Not they... every chef is purchasing these. No, <laughs> probably not. But it's amazing, you know, what that does to a dish. You know, it just oh makes my it God. pop. Just have those colors. And, you know, when, mm -hmm. when, when that arrives to your table as a guest and you see those beautiful bright colors in spring, I mean, it, you just get excited and it makes you hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have one more or two. <laughs> I mean, you can taste that, like this little pop of sugar. Mm -hmm. mm. We're so lucky that we have all the, like nature's magic that become tools in, you know, what we do. It blows my mind. Yeah, I really love growing uh, edible flowers that are blue, like bachelor oh. buttons or lithodora, because you don't often see the color blue in food and food and so when yeah. you see it on a plate they, it really pops what is that one you guys have at the farm it's either blue it's like a bluish purple and we were using it to garnish cocktails for a while maybe um, borage borage that's exactly what it was Thank and God. that has a nice cucumber flavor yeah that was really fun to play yeah. with <clears throat> i know Je remember jen g the bartender mm -hmm. was into the yeah borage she would family. love she she went to didn't you go to Petaluma? Chalkboard, drawing board. board. Drawing it was board. a board. Yeah, it was a board. <laughs> she's, she's <laughs> recently she's had a, a baby. And, yeah, 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 out of the picture. But she loved working she with the a, edible a flowers. She's an amazing mixologist. Yeah. yeah. And I used to be the one that got to come pick uh, a lot of times, come to the garden and pick the flowers on the way to work. Or like, Brian, please stop and get the lemon verbena for that. Verbena. <laughs> so much verbena. Well, in this time of year, that's the one. Thing that I really love about Sonoma County is even coming here today, seeing all the mustard fields oh, everywhere. Isn't it incredible? Um, even on the way here, there was two cars that were pulled over, and it was just people taking, taking pictures. pictures of the mustard yeah. fields. Yeah. And it's interesting. There's areas in France that you drive through that would look like this around the same time, and it's canola. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, even yeah, mustard. Or in yeah. southern France, I remember sunflowers for miles. Sunflowers. Taking the train from Spain to France and yeah. just seeing sunflowers, sunflowers. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have reason for open land. Right. Not overbuilding. Yeah. But then we need housing. And then we need employees. And we need to fight minimum wage. Oh. And all the realities of stuff. Yeah. Well, you guys talked about staffing. Is that an issue for you as well at the, um, at the, at the property? I mean, we're, we are pretty fortunate just because a lot of people want to work with ingredients like this. And yeah. we have a wonderful kitchen and it's air conditioned. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely a different uh, kitchen scenario than the ones we grew up in. I mean, there's a reason that Justin's been there for 16 years. Right. I've been there for 11. A lot of our staff have been there for 
years. It's really it's funny. It's a really amazing environment to yeah. work. It's funny because some of the, the younger chefs there, like it was their first job and they just think that this is what it's oh. like. Yeah. So you've almost They're done ruined. them a disservice <laughs> yeah, by so letting them think that this is uh-huh. what the real, co- you know, like, and maybe this is more so like what the real cooking world is now, not so much. I mean, certainly, right, right 20, 30 mm-hmm. years ago, as the rest of us who are coming up, it was a, it was a, yeah, I don't know, I pay, feel like it was, a bit more, it was a bit dues. more scrappy. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the kitchen at Kendall Jackson is pretty unreal. And no joke, 10 feet outside the back door of the kitchen is this garden. So even if you are, we always say like, it's pretty impossible to have a bad day at work, which we mm. all do, right? Everyone has mm-hmm. like, no matter how great your job is, you always have days where you have struggles. And, you know, we have a really great answer. We can go out and walk in the garden. And if it's really bad, you get a glass of wine. And you know, <laughs> so it's really like, it's never, it's impossible to have a bad day because right. you have this space to go out. And it puts a lot, it puts it in perspective when you're out in the middle of this three acre garden and you're seeing all these beautiful vegetables. It's really, really tough to be upset about yeah. just about anything. It almost feels too easy sometimes with Tucker stuff. I remember when he first started working, I had to go cook a dinner in Kentucky for Barbara, and he sent me all these beautiful vegetables, and I, I, I opened the containers, and they were just teeny tiny, like the ones you see today. Mm. I mean, like, you know, stuff the size of a dime, and everything's perfectly shaped. And I remember thinking, man, these are so good, I don't even want to cook them. Exactly. And so I just put them on a plate, I put salt and olive oil, and then, you know, they always want the chef to come out and talk about the food. And I was like 10 steps away from the table, and I got really nervous. I was like, well, what the hell am I going to say? I did. And it was kind of embarrassing. I was like, but well, it's, I put but these it's vegetables true. on the plate. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. It's like, you know, I try and say, well, you don't need to do that much. You know, if you start with something that's really amazing, why do you want to cover the flavor? Why do you want to, you know, change it? Yeah, Tucker changed mm-hmm. our food philosophy. Now we say, you know, we, we cook what Tucker brings us and just try not to mess it up. That's the kitchen motto is, is, is how do we, you know, how do we really take so much respect into what we're cooking, what, you know, the gardeners bring to the back door. And most of the time our produce doesn't even touch the walk-in. Right. So it comes to the back door and then we clean it and we, it's served within hours. And so... Um, the goal is to make sure we're, we're that our staff and we're, we're teaching and we're encouraging to just make sure that it's cooked simply and properly. And if we because do, it shines so, yeah. I mean, it's just so beautiful on its own that. If we do mess it up, we're fortunate because then we just pour a little more wine. Everything <laughs> seems to work out. So. Wine well, is the best band-aid. To back it up even more. Uh, David and I consider ourselves soil farmers since that's the foundation of everything mm-hmm. we do. So we add a lot of compost, we tea, tea. rotate our crops, mm-hmm. we plant cover crops in the wintertime, and as a result, we harvest nutrient-dense produce. So that has a huge impact on the flavor. Yeah. So now that the laws in California have changed, um, any playing with cannabis? personally or (laughs) (laughs) well either whatever (laughs) well I mean we have a friend who you know consider who's a farmer who grows a lot of cannabis and certainly Mike Benziger at Glentucky Farm he's doing a lot of work and I mean it's a crazy time to be in the food business and not know where this is going to go 
But I think the advantage of being an amazing soil farmer is to have the ability to, you know, give a lot of that knowledge to the right people. Right, yeah. And I've had the fortune to enjoy some of Mike's work. Um, <laughs> and he's doing some good work. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, and I love how Mike says, he has the best sayings. If you can catch the little quotes that he says every now and then, but his soil, you can take a handful of his soil and he says, this has more microbials in it than, than there are people on the planet. Wow. And you think about that. There's more living things in that handful of soil. How is that possible? There are, is it? Yeah, billions of microorganisms. And yeah. so that's what you're doing when you're adding compost to the soil. You're inoculating the soil with more microbes. And so it's not unlike we eat kimchi and sauerkraut mm-hmm. uh, and yogurt. And all of the beneficial bacterias are helping our digestive system. Um, mm. And so people are researching the relationship between microbes in the soil, microbes in the guts of animals that are grazing on oh, the grasses, and microbes in people who are eating local produce and locally See, that's why you animals. don't want to wash your vegetables, right? If you know where it's coming from. Right. Right? Well, and there's sustainable farming, and now there's the, now renewable farming, which is not just sustaining what's there, but actually improving the soil as you go, I think is sort of the new goal. Right. Yeah. yeah. So right now our main, the main part of our garden has 10% organic matter, which is uh, really good. Wow, 10%. So, okay, we skirted the cannabis. That's fine. I, I, I kind of want to hear just a little bit about their kitchen because I've seen some videos and or photos of what you have some pretty cool things going on in your kitchen as far as kimchi. No, I mean, I'm not talking. They have systems set up in their kitchen that are very energy efficient. And I wish more people would sort of hear about these and have the ability to put these in when they were opening up a restaurant. But um, Justin likes to say we have everything but excuses. Right. And nice. It's, it's true. I agree. We don't always agree, but this one I very much agree with him on. We really have every um, tool and piece of equipment and ability to be as um, organic and sustainable. You know, we compost as just about everything, um, right? I mean, we you know we we try to do our part in an, in, a, in an extreme way, and and it's we we're very lucky. We have a gentleman that um, works in the kitchen that. He, this is a bit of a, it's almost like a hobby of him, but he takes it very seriously. And so he's constantly bringing things into our team and saying, you know, hey, look at this, or educating us on different parts, uh, as well as just we have a sustainability team um, wow. that works with Jackson family. And so we're very much about, you know, when we have big events, we use compostables. You know, we're no longer using plastics. Everything is compostable. We have different compostable on property, some that goes back into the garden, some that goes to the actual compost site. I mean, we have signs hanging up of what actually can be recycled. I mean, you mm. name it, we're, we're, we're doing it. And as far as the systems, we have uh, our head systems are regulated by temperature. So they only run when there's actually heat being produced. Oh, that's and great. We have some electrical and some propane. We're, uh, we're on a well mm-hmm. and we have, we're outside of the town. So we, we run off propane. 
Um, and then we have some water saving systems as well. So we, we definitely try and do our part and be aware. And you know, we're very fortunate because we get to use a lot of the local ingredients and we have um, sheep on property which help oh, maintain fun. some grass for us. And you know, we- But uh, you keep them maintain, out of the garden. Yeah, we keep <laughs> them out of the garden. <laughs> they um, would be like having the best day of their life. Right, oh my yeah. God. So we, we, uh, you know, we use the, the nicer cuts for our higher end dinners. Then we make a lot of sausage and burgers mm. and you know, we feed um, oh, probably yeah, 40 staff people, meal. Mm-hmm. family meal a day. You know, because, you know, when you cater, you have to have yeah. extra. You guys have right. extra. So, um, a lot but of the tasting room people, they get to eat. Tasting yeah. room get to eat. And I, I tell them every day it's free. Uh-huh. Sometimes Appreci- it's really good. So. Right. Sometimes <laughs> it's Sometimes we're busy. a little busy and it's free. So. Uh, but, you know, we're pretty I'm going to try that. A, a lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of times Tucker has to take a row of something out or it's a carrot, mm-hmm. you know, that's bigger than what he sells to right. his accounts. And that's, you know, so we're very fortunate. We get to eat some mm-hmm. amazing vegetables and, uh, we, you know, there's always good healthy options. We have a salad every day. So mm-hmm. we have we have good stuff and then we have, uh, you know, buttercups that are sneaking desserts out there too, which... Uh, Which is good and bad. It's so awesome. Do you remember Susan and Jeff Mall when I asked about when they were working down in in Mexico? And I I said, did you guys used to do staff meal? And they said, oh, yeah, people took turns doing staff meals. What was your favorite one? Do you remember what it was? It was hot dog ceviche. Oh, yeah, hot dog ceviche, yeah. <laughs> they said it, <laughs> you cooked down there, didn't you? No, nah, we, we were in a different go? part, not with Jeff's part. We were oh, okay. in... Uh, because I think jo- maybe Josh, Josh went down. I went down. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it was awesome. Like it was Jeff awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Um, I did want to ask something, and then it kind of slipped my mind. But hmm, we covered a lot of territory. Yep. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you know, along the sustainability line, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of. Uh, working with the Jackson family is that I think a lot of people don't know that we have more solar than any other family-owned wow. wine company. Um, we use approximately half the amount of water uh, mm-hmm. with respect to winemaking. Um, Julia, Julia Jackson is having her grounded summit in a couple of weeks, so it's her first annual climate summit, and that's going to be held at one of our states in Bennett Valley. Um, so the who's who in the climate world are oh, going to converge. Oh, that's so fabulous! Um, and this sort of stems off of the event that we had with Leonardo DiCaprio and his foundation at the end of last year, and her involvement with that. And then Katie Jackson is over in Spain right now, and um, she's collaborating with the wine family over there, and they're starting the first, um, let me pull it up here. It's the International Wineries for Climate Change. And so the goal is to reduce the total carbon emissions of 80% by 2045. Wow. And so, you know, that's, if that's not something to be excited about and proud of, I don't know what is. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes you feel really proud to work for a company that cares and that's, they're going to spend that time and commitment. That's huge. And, and we're doing the dinner in collaboration with some chefs from Copenhagen. 
Uh, one of the chefs who was in the Noma test kitchen, mm-hmm. uh, gentleman Very named Soren, and um, we're really excited. They're going to do some crazy food. So we've Are you working. doing it in Copenhagen? We're doing it here. He's it's coming here. over. Okay, uh, they're very coming cool. Here and um, yeah, he's got some crazy, crazy ideas. So very fun. It'll be fun. It's definitely a different. I've been style. in there walking. It's it was crazy. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, a you, years ago. Yeah, it was crazy. And actually, I, I the old one, so I can't yeah. imagine what the new one looks like. Nuts. So fun. Well, I'm so happy for you guys. Um, you know, we used to run into each other more at like some of the big events that would happen every year, and things have changed. I mean, the um, Vintners Bureaus have changed, and we were combined for a while, and now they split up, and Sonoma Valley's doing small events, and um, you know, I, I kind of miss that stuff. It was like the day of, it would be like, oh my God, we got another one of those. But the best part was running into everybody and seeing what people were doing. And that was really cool. I think it was the last one you were in charge of at St. Jean. Yeah. That, that was all. That was it, a fun it one. Was, that was a good day. That was one yeah, of my favorite Yeah, it was a good did, day. So. Yeah. We still, yeah. We still get a few of the, the big ones. I'm but, sure you um, do. Yeah, it's fun. You know, it's... <laughs> Because yeah. you have the big auction, don't you, at La Crema? Yeah, at La Crema. Yeah. So it's a little collaboration on a couple of people, but, you know, it's, it's yeah. fun. And, you know, it's, we all work so hard here, but it's exactly. always fun when you get to see your chef friends out and yeah. about and enjoy some wine and cook together for a good mm-hmm. cause. So it's kind of one of the things yeah. that makes Sonoma special. Yeah, so I remembered. Oh, perfect. Okay, Tracy, what was your latest, most memorable meal that you've had? <sighs> I know it's hard because we work a lot, so we don't get out a lot. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, <laughs> I had a really great meal last night, and my husband cooked it for me. Wow. Mm-hmm. What did he make? He made tomahawk steak. I found, I, I was, I can't remember where I got was it. Was it on a bone? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And was it, it your was, anniversary? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It was not, it was not just the two of us. My son was there too, but, um. He doesn't cook, although my husband is a trained chef, he, he doesn't cook that often anymore. And last night he made, he cooked up the tomahawk steak and we just had a really good salad with it. And it was delicious. I felt like I was being spoiled. Oh, so, that's yeah. Very nice. Sometimes it's just the simple things, right? A really yeah. good steak and salad. Yeah. Justin? I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes. I, I'm yes. fortunate I get lots of good ones, but I think last time I was in Asheville, there's a place called Buxton Hall Barbecue, and that Ooh. that's uh, he was nominated for James Beard Award last year, I believe, but he's doing some really, really cool food and just really cool story, really cool people. I think his pastry chef was nominated for James Beard Award this year, but it's a, it's a fun spot in Asheville and uh, kind of, you know, modern southern cuisine. And Tucker, okay. Tucker, I mean, you probably should limit him to last week. I know. I mean, the last time, <laughs> not the last time I saw you, but maybe two times or three times before, we had dinner together at, what was that place called? I can't remember the name of it. It was, <laughs> it was Thomas Keller's pop-up when yeah. the French Laundry was being renovated. Yeah. That was it, was a a, fun. it was fun. It was a fun night. It was yeah. kind of bizarre, though. It was. Yeah. yeah. So what's your last... Uh, um, I mean, I really enjoyed my dinner last night, but like one that really pops out was last year I was in Bologna and oh. 
stumbled into this trattoria and had the most amazing Bolognese cuisine. Mm. Um, just a tiny little place and ended up closing the place down with the chefs and the owner drinking the Chino. It was a fun mm. night. Very cool. Where'd you eat last night? Uh, at home. So oh, you cooked? No, actually my girlfriend makes the best risotto oh um, nice yeah. so brought home some spring garlic and had some spigarello and some broccoli um some i don't think we onions. should go to the fig for lunch where are we gonna go mm, taco truck <laughs> oh, I love the taco truck. No, but I love Girl the Fig too. No, don't tease us like I'm that. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, that's wonderful. So you bring the goods home and she does the hard work? Well, I feel like I've done the work. You've already. <laughs> I think exactly. he's done a little bit exactly. there. Taco's girlfriend is an extremely talented chef too, so he's very, very lucky. Uh, yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, thank you. Where, um, what should we tell folks like, um, to visit, to yeah, learn to visit, more? to come and do the food and wine pairing, yes. I think would be one of the coolest things. Um, yeah. Well, make sure you leave time to come before and walk around the garden and, you know, really check out what you're getting to enjoy. If you want to see a really cool video, uh, go on YouTube and search Kendall Jackson farm to table. And you can see like a little piece on one of our farm to table dinners. Okay, I'm gonna do that. But if you're if you are not in town or you're not available on a farm to table night, I mean we do our food and wine pairings every day, 362, 61 <laughs> days out of the year. Um, and although you know you might want a reservation, they're definitely not required. So you can do the food and wine pairing, um, which is like a like lunch really. It's three four courses. Um, and then we do our cheese and wine pairing and then the chocolate and wine pairing. So we've got lots of, lots Does of Does anybody options. do all three in the same day? Has that Occasionally. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Do the food and wine, then they'll do the chocolate. The chocolate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. very cool. But we also have daily garden tours. So mm. a lot of people will start with the garden tour and then finish with the food and wine pairings because that's it kind awesome. of ties it all together. Mm -hmm. Right. So spend the yeah, day. A lot of people try and hit two, yeah. so many places. Yeah. And I think it's nice to, to pick two places you want to go to for the day and spend two to four hours at each place just really getting involved. Yeah, on our property, that definitely can happen. Just walking around the garden alone, you could spend over an hour. I mean, just especially if you're lucky enough to, you know, grab Tucker and, you know, have him chat with you a few minutes too. But on our garden tour, I mean, there's just, it's so beautiful and interesting. And especially when the sun's out, you want to sit out there. You're going to want to sit mm. and have a glass of rosé and just soak it in. So, yeah. And if you want to experience wine country life, that's exactly what it is. It's right. relaxing, uh -huh. sitting, watching, enjoying, observing. Yeah. Right. And we brought one little sweet bite for you to try. Mm. These are the Camelet de Bordeaux. And I, I had these when I was in Bordeaux. And um, I haven't had every dessert in the world, but I've had more than my fair share. And I would say this is one of my favorites. And it was, the story goes, it was invented by the nuns because the winemakers had so many egg, egg yolks left because they were using oh. the whites uh. to clarify the wine. Uh, so they gave the yolks to the nuns. And I guess the nuns had some friends with some rum and came up with this dessert so it's baked in a special copper mold and it's lined with beeswax and butter yeah and we use 50 percent beeswax 50 percent um, clarified butter and then we use a local rum the sugar daddy rum 
Um, we, sure? When we first started oh, making it. Oh, from Prohibition Spirits? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we hmm. first started making it, we were uh, using, like, uh, I don't know, just some generic, like, rum. And it, it, it was good, mm. but it kind of had, like, this fake aftertaste. And then, so we found this local stuff, and it's just got this really nice, subtle vanilla Oh, that's vanilla amazing. Flavor. It's really nice with late Harvest Chardonnay. Mm. Mm. It's kind of fun. Sometimes we'll serve a little bit of the rum with it and the Chardonnay, kind of mm. that fire and ice sort of pairing. So you, yeah. get the, you get the hot or you get the soothing, but it's kind of like the ultimate street food dessert. You can you can walk down the street and eat it. And when when I was there, mm -hmm. I, I, couldn't, mm. I couldn't understand how all these cantaloupe places stayed in business. Like you'd walk two blocks in Bordeaux and there's another shop. And so I went in and I bought one and I started eating it and I'd walked about two blocks before I finished it and I looked yeah. up and there was another shop and I walked in and bought another one. I was like, yeah, that's how they stay in business. But, but they're wonderful. We bake them fresh every day. And, uh, mm. you know, Buttercup's an amazing pastry chef. And you have them every day at the winery? Yeah, they're on the wine and food pairing. So wow. We, we bake them fresh every day. And that is amazing. The recipe literally took Buttercup like two weeks to master. I mean, one part of it is you kind of have to season it almost like a cast iron pan. You gotta you gotta get it dialed in, baking mm -hmm. them a few times because it's copper. Um, but then you know, really getting it to have that nice crunch and that soft inside. It's uh, so if you buy the book, mm. the recipe is dialed. You just gotta, you gotta get the molds. <laughs> it's just worth it just for the, the. You can get the molds on Amazon mm. now. But um, the silicone molds—they just don't transfer enough heat, so you can't—you can't get that crunch on. Right. Yeah. yeah. So before we wrap up, I need to have my book signed. Uh, me too. Yeah. And where can people get a hold of the book? Is it on um, KJ? Yeah, KJ.com, or you know, there's uh, pretty much anywhere books are sold: Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, all over the place. It's—it's uh, it's out there. So yeah, pick up a copy and. Uh, yeah, try some recipes, send us some pictures, and let us know what you think. Cool. And we'll post a picture of the book as well and um, links to the websites. Any Instagram accounts you want to get out there for people? Well, if you like cheese at all, you can follow mine, although I do a lot of food stuff too, but I'm T Sheepos, T S H E P O S. Tucker, really, he's got the following. And once you look at his Instagram account, you'll know why. So he's at Farmer T. They're beautiful. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kurt, was Nerd taken? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm going to get it. I'll get it for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. The, um, yeah, so Megan Stefan, we do a lot of work with her. She's an old-time uh, KJ. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a, that's, that's the other great thing about the company. I mean, I've been there 16 years, and we always manage to get good people. Like, you know, it's it's one of those places where you, you look forward to coming to work because you work with cool people. So. Thanks. Aww. Well, mo most of them. You know, there's, a, there's always exceptions. Right? Well, this was so fun. All right. Well, I know. Justin, Tracy, and Tucker, thank you all very much. Appreciate everything you do. Love the cookbook. Thank you for bringing in some of these things from the garden that we're able to taste. So Especially, fun. tell me the name again of that one that tasted like oyster. We just call it oyster leaf. <laughs> oyster leaf. That was a hard one. That makes sense. I really want it with um, like a Sauvignon Blanc or a pig pool just to eat it oh, and try wow. the wine because yeah, I know that, that would, would be, be like a little magical thing going on. Um, we will post pictures of all of the produce that we saw today and mm -hmm. uh, the desserts and uh, the wines as well. 
You can always follow us on Instagram at Bike Talk. You can go to our website, thebikegoeson.com, um, or just go to Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and you can download our shows. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Sandra. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.